Welcome to the Leaders Talk podcast. My name is Dami and I'm an LTSB alumni. This series is a part of LTSB's leadership initiative, which aims to highlight the young people LTSB work with, as well as their friends and supporters. These conversations aim to promote the importance of leadership while touching on themes such as perseverance, resilience, diversity, and legacy, to name a few. Today, I'll be having a conversation with the lovely Rachel Engel, who is the regional head of the Macquarie Group Foundation. Today, we'll be talking about leadership, Rachel's career journey, and the outcomes achieved by the Macquarie Group Foundation through funding social impact projects. So first and foremost, hello, Rachel, and how are you today? Hey, Dami, nice to hear you. I'm very well, thank you. Very hot, it's warm in London this fine day, which is a relief, but I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm pretty much the same as you, I'm very well. It's really hot, but um, I can't complain. I, no. I'll take the heat over the cold any day. Absolutely. 100%. So um, how's your day been today so far? Pretty busy. I have literally been nonstop, which is a, which is a good thing, because I think sometimes when you do these things, you can get a bit nervous beforehand. Um, and, and so actually, I've been so busy that uh, I haven't allowed myself time to to think too hard about uh, about the questions that you're about to ask me which I think is a good thing because hopefully then I'll be a bit more natural and authentic than you know a load of dot points that I'm reading off the screen which obviously I'm not but um yeah so busy day how about you how's work yeah work's been all right it goes up and down in terms of workload because of um the the job that I do um but um I can't complain um yeah. I'd rather be be busy than you know, have absolutely nothing to do. So I'm yeah, same. Absolutely. Uh, I'd r much rather be busy in and out of meetings, chatting to all sorts of different people than, than not having anything to do. So I'm, I, I'm with you there. Agreed. Agreed. So just to start off, um, I know Macquarie has been a long term supporter and funder of LTSB. Um, from your own personal point of view, how do you describe the relationship between Macquarie and LTSB? Um, so yeah, we were introduced to LTSB, uh, gosh, you know, a, a good <laughs> about seven years ago now through a, a member of staff. Um, at Macquarie, we have a very kind of staff-led um, approach to um, our, our philanthropy, or, or very very least, we used to really rely on on the passions and the interests of our staff to kind of guide us to organizations that we could potentially fund and so it was a member of staff that had just gone on the board of LTSB Darren Gurner and uh, and he told me about this new sort of startup organization that was doing some really smart things with um with some finance apprentices and um and that we should absolutely support them um and so that was the start of, of, of the long journey that, that we've been on. We've seen LTSB grow into a national organization, um, become you know, award-winning uh, and, and renowned for, for really filling uh, quite a, well, a very important gap in terms of supporting uh, young people um, not going to university, but wanting to get into finance roles and, and training them up. And then most recently, the, um, uh, the tech roles that have come out um, of the LTSB tech apprenticeship program as well. So um, yeah, we were introduced to, to LTSB a long time ago. We didn't fund 
them immediately. We started the relationship quite slowly. It's more, it, it's very much like a, a, a you know, uh, a, a normal, a romantic relationship almost, where, you know, you start slowly, you get to know each other. Um, we hosted a few events uh, for LTSB. I got to know uh, the chairman, David Pynchon, um, and Caroline, uh, who was the CEO, and, um, and started to learn a lot more about, um, about the aims of the organization. And um, we got to understand where our funding would best be um, placed um, in terms of supporting LTSB. And it, and it happened around the same time that, that we really, as I said at the start, we began by really um, engaging our staff to help us do our grant making, our, our grant making across Europe, Middle East and Africa, which is, is the patch that I, I focus on. Um, and around the same time, um, we we really shifted our grant making to have more impact. We wanted to focus on a topic area, which is pretty standard for a lot of corporates. And we'd selected this idea of, of you know, funding organizations that were supporting social mobility for young people into education and employment. And so it was sort of a fortuitous um, meeting of minds, really, that, that LTSB, we'd got to know them over a couple of years by hosting events and providing match funding for some fundraising that, uh, that Darren did. Um, and we were then able to enter into a longer term grant making relationship um, initially over three years we were able to support the core programs that the LTSB um, was running at the time to really help the organization get to scale um, and the rest is is really history we've, we've renewed that that relationship um, uh, we renewed it a second time and then during COVID uh, we were we we were being a responsible funder uh, as many organizations were and, and we renewed again for for a further year so it's it's been a really exciting partnership because we've been able to bring apprentices into Macquarie we've been able to um, enable you know well well over 100 staff members um, participate in various activities with the apprentices I'm sure Dami you've probably met some Macquarie um, staff men members I'm sure you've been into our, our snazzy offices in in London Yes, um, you have great um, uh, to, to, to various events um, and our staff have really been able to provide um, guidance on you know everything from mock interviews to CV sessions, um, careers club mentoring, um, that type of thing. So um, that's really where the relationship with LTSB began and, and currently is. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I, I from the outside looking in, I, I, I've been seeing it go from strength to strength. Um, I joined LTSB um, in 2017 from the West L London Chelsea cohort, and I've attended many events at Macquarie. Oh, and, there you go. Yeah, and um, the I believe the relationship that you guys have is going from strength to strength. So um, even though I'm not a part of LTSB, because I've graduated, I'm still an ambassador. I'm proud, proud to say, but I'm not directly involved with LTSB, but I am happy to see... Um, the relationship going from strength to strength and um, what what is going to happen with um, the relationship in the future. That's great to hear. And we should should say to listeners that, that we've never actually met. So, well, we, we may well have done in passing at, at various events, but we've never met face to face. So that's great to hear that you you know us and you've, you've been into our space and you, you've probably experienced a lot of our kind of, you know, the culture of Macquarie, which is really, you know, one of the reasons why um, uh, why we why we 
support LCSB is, you know, not, not only is it a great organization and we have this focus on social mobility, but actually, you know, getting talented young people to understand what we do at Macquarie as a financial services business um, can only help our, our brand and, our, and, and I suppose our reputation, because ultimately, you know, who knows um, if you were, you know, if there was a job available um, that you were interested in at Macquarie, um, that, that you would have a, a step into, into that knowing us as an organization. So there's a bit of a bit of a win-win there, I think. Yeah, de definitely. When I was um, part of the uh, LTSP back in 2017, I always said that I wanted to work in a place like Macquarie because it was in oh, okay. very busy, loads of people walking around in suits and whatnot. And I just wanted to <laughs> be a part of that family. It looks a very different place at the moment, I have to say. Everybody's very much dressed down um, and it's very quiet, unfortunately, but we're, we're slowly coming back. And you're now working where, Dami? So right now, I currently work for a company called um, Tangle Teaser. You may own one of their hairbrushes, may or may not. Uh, my my wife certainly does. Uh, she's a huge fan. Um, so, well, congratulations. Great brand. Thank you very much. Yeah. So I'm currently a finance assistant there, studied my ACCA. Nice. So going from strength to strength. Um, thank you. Um, in terms of Macquarie, um, what is the leadership role Macquarie plays in the social impact space? And what role do you personally play within it? Oh, good question. Um, well, I'll start with my role and then maybe talk about kind of uh, Macquarie's sort of where we play in the social impact space. So um, I head up the Macquarie Group Foundation for the EMEA region, so Europe, Middle East and Africa. And that, that role really um, is responsible for um, a variety of, of things. I said today, my day was really busy. No day is the same um, uh, in my role. I, I get to, to mix with, with all sorts of people, both internally and externally, from having opportunities like doing this podcast to um, we had a Macquarie Group Foundation committee meeting today with, um, uh, you know, with, with various senior um, leaders from around the world. You know, they were dialing in from their homes in Australia because it, uh, it, was, it was the evening. We had people dialing in from... Um, uh, New York uh, having cups of coffee because I think it was about half past five, half past six in the morning. Uh, yeah. We had our colleagues in Asia kind of, you know, finishing off for the day. And, and we were very fortunate that it was sort of lunchtime for us in, in the UK. So um, the role, the role's pretty varied. Um, I'm focused on managing uh, our grant giving in the region and the staff engagement. So I have an executive who works with me. Um, Fazana Islam is our is our employee engagement um, specialist, and she manages all of the staff engagement, the volunteering. Um, all of the grant partner relationships that we have in terms of staff engagement. So we we see ourselves as a very engaged partner. When we fund an organisation, we don't just write a blank cheque and walk away and say, we'll see you in a year, tell us how it went. Um, we like to see where we can add value to all of the partnerships that we do, whether that's through skill sharing, pro bono, um, hosting events, you know, it could be could be anything. So Fazana manages, manages all of that. And then from a global perspective, um, I manage our 50th anniversary award program. Um, I'm at the moment managing um, a, a program that looks at um, equity in our grant making and how we can become a more equitable funder um, and, and a variety of, of other um, uh, programs such as our matching program. So we, like I said at the start, we've got a very um, flat culture here at Macquarie. 
Yeah. And we really like to encourage our staff to, to be able to support the, the issues that they really care about. So we have a very large um, a matching program where staff can donate uh, and, uh, and fundraise for the issues and the organisations they're passionate about. And we will match that up to 50,000 Australian dollars per person per year. So that's about £28,000. Um, so it's extremely generous, um, but it really shows the kind of Macquarie culture of really engaging our, our staff um, in, in, the, in the issues that they care about. Um, so sort of next to that is we, we do the matching program, but then we have this, this grant making program, um, uh, which is you know, entirely separate to, to what our staff are, are giving to the organizations they, they care about. Um, so, you know, just to put it in context, I suppose uh, this year, so our numbers for this year, we, we donated 51 million Aussie dollars, which was a record contribution. So that's all of our grant making, that's all of our larger catalytic capital uh, that I can talk about in a moment. Um, uh, we donated 46,000 hours of time um, that our staff told us about that they, they were participating in terms of um, uh, volunteering and, and skill sharing and pro bono and mentoring and, and all that fabulous stuff um, and supported over 1600 nonprofits. So uh, you ask kind of, you know, what my, my role is, it's to steward all of that um, in our region. Um, and the leadership role that I think Macquarie plays is that we we not only support as I said you know where, where our staff are passionate but also we take a very um, a very you know, serious view on where we can really have the most impact so if we think about um, you know how we make grants in in the UK organizations like LTSB where we can really help to capacity build those organizations help them grow can have uh, you know marvelous outcomes and we've seen that so we're able to sort of play in the gaps I suppose and be entrepreneurial um, with how we how we make our, our donations etc I think you know it's worth saying that, that 2020 was was really disruptive yeah um, you know we've seen it, it's been an incredibly difficult time for for so many organizations um, uh, in the nonprofit sector and I think you know this year's really shown what it means to be a funder and, and being flexible. Um, and, and I think this is one of the reasons why I really enjoy my work is that um, we responded in my opinion, very, very quickly um, to, to, to the impact of COVID and what was going on in the communities. We were able to speak to all of our grant partners immediately and say, you know, what, what do you need? What's happening with you guys? Some of them said, we, we, we're not gonna be able to host um, uh, uh, our big fundraising events. So, you know, could you, could we fast track the funding that you've already approved, you know, up six months, for example, to make sure we've got cash flow. Some of them said, we're going to need to change uh, some of our, our, um, our approaches, you know, what we said we could report on because of the programs that we're running now aren't going to be running. We've pivoted online, for example. So we were really flexible in, in, in how we chose to, to approach um, continuing to support our grant partners. We gave, uh, we, we had a million dollar fund um, for staff around the world to draw down to the organizations that they were really um, providing support to. So people on committees or on the board or doing lots of volunteering were able to apply for a, a one-off grant of, um, of nearly 5,000 um, pounds. So, you know, I think being a flexible funder is, is one way of showing, showing leadership. And I think, you know, what we've seen this year, you know, actually 
going back before COVID, we saw in Australia these these the bushfires and everything that that mm. was impacting Australia. We're an Australian headquartered firm, so obviously you know what's happening in Australia is really really important to us. Um, but I think it highlighted climate change and sustainability much more as an issue, and uh, and, and what we needed to do uh, in terms of moving our social impact focusing around that topic is is something that that we are looking at. I think. You know, the death of George Floyd and the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement um, helped us really analyze how we're supporting underrepresented groups um, that are particularly being disproportionately affected by COVID-19. Um, you know, the reckoning on racial injustice um, worldwide led us to set up a racial equity fund in the US. Um, and then we set up our own COVID fund. So on top of the racial equity fund, we had a, an additional 20 million Australian dollars to, to gift um, to organizations uh, around the world. And we've, we've really seen amazing, um, amazing response to that. We've been, uh, we've actually just signed off today. I mentioned the committee meeting uh, actually allowed us to, um, to sign off the final grants out of that 20 million. So we focused on uh, direct relief. Um, uh, nearly 50% of that has gone on, on direct relief. So money straight out the door that went to organizations around the world that were, that were really um, dealing with, with um, direct relief challenges and issues in the, in the places that we had. Um, we have offices, so Global Food Banking Network, the International Rescue Committee, and then lots of sort of more local organizations. Um, we, we gave a small amount to research, um, trying to, to help with the response there. And then the, the, the rest of the funds, so yeah, again, sort of, you know, nearly 50% has gone on um, economic recovery. So really helping look at organisations that are now tackling the outcomes of, and the impacts of COVID. So uh, we set up a Macquarie Scholarship Fund through edX, which is an online learning platform um, for learners in, in the UK and Australia and uh, the US and in India, for example. So, yeah, I think I say that and I kind of rush all through it, but I think it, it shows Macquarie as being a really responsible business in terms of responding to the needs of our communities and supporting the communities in which we live and work. I'll pause there because I do get very excited about uh, my work. So um, I'll pause there if you've got any, any questions, Demi. Well, first and foremost, I can see why you, you are always a busy lady. Um, quite a lot going on. Um, but I do commend Macquarie for the work they do in terms of um, supporting people and doing their part to ensure like the, the world slowly becomes a better place. I think that the speed in which Macquarie reacted to COVID was um, was quite rapid, and I think that that is needed. There's, you know, unfortunately, some companies that didn't make it through COVID, and yeah. you know, it's companies that like Macquarie that um, help those companies um, stay afloat and um, to support them where they can. Um, I know you, you touched briefly on the Macquarie 50th Anniversary Award, mm. and I wanted to um, ask you about um, the five organisations you chose. Um, sure. I mean, I have to, this was pre-COVID, so 2019, um, we we announced the, the final, um, the winners of uh, a 50 million Australian dollar award that was gifted to um, uh, five organisations, so 
so 10 million Aussie dollars um, each. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it was a really exciting project. It was the first time um, I've certainly been involved in, in a global award program. Um, and we got to sort of you know design it ourselves. Um, we worked with, um, well, we spoke with a lot of um, organizations who've done you know awards at, at a global level and, and were able to really kind of define it and design it ourselves with, with staff. So it was a really exciting time. We also got to go on site visits. Um, Okay. to go and see the shortlisted um uh the, sh the shortlisted uh uh organizations which for me um i, I just i had never never done done anything like that before in, in my career um i got to go to i literally got i was saying telling someone this the other day i literally got to go around the world because i had a round the world ticket because all you know the, the way that we designed the site visits um and the way where people were in the world and what what responsibilities people had to try and get get to different places we went in in pairs so um there was a, a big logistic logistical um challenge uh, to try and make sure that that people um in our team were were you know getting to the places that, that they wanted to go but also the projects they were interested in but also you know other commitments so it was really interesting um and so i got to go around the world and i also got to go to liberia um in in west africa as well which was yeah. a country i'd never never even considered that i would ever get to which was which was eye-opening and and inspiring um so uh, we we finally selected we went through a really rigorous process we had nearly a thousand applications and it was a multi-stage judging process um uh, that happened um so we had nearly a thousand applications um we conducted um uh, you know reviews we got down to a selection of 60 semi-finalists and then the 12 finalists were the organizations i said that, that experienced site visit from us which is quite standard when you're you're granting mm -hmm. at, at that level um, and then we went to the final um, judging um, session, which was was absolutely fascinating to see. And and it was hard, you know. We were we. It was tough tough to actually select those or you know the, the final winning organizations. Um, so you know our winners are uh, the World Scabies Project, um, the World Mosquito uh, Project, um, the Ocean Cleanup, Last Mile Health, and Social Finance. Mm -hmm. So really you know different portfolio. You know bit of health. Um, obviously social finance uh, and then the ocean cleanup which is obviously an environmental organization um which is different to what we've done locally um or regionally shall i shall i say mm -hmm. um the projects are uh we're nearly nearly at the um year and a half mark so it's a five-year program you know we, we've gifted the, the the 10 million over five years because we really wanted to select projects that were going to be able to take um programs to scale or were big bets you know so the ocean cleanup you know is is it's a fascinating it does what it says on the tin um it's uh it's collecting the world's um wants to rid the world's oceans of plastic but but that organization even in in the past year and a half that we've been supporting them um has really developed its its um, product and now it, it it goes full life cycle so not only are they looking at cleaning up the ocean but they're looking at turning off the tap so addressing the thousand most polluting rivers in the world in terms of plastic uh, they've created these interceptors these huge boats um with these big set of jaws that go into the rivers and and collect the plastic and then the you know thinking about full cycle what do you do with the plastic so um 
mm-hmm. actually looking at how you valorize the plastic and recycle it and they launched a, a sunglasses um, uh, initiative recently where they've they've taken I think it's like 99.9% of the plastic that they've uh, uh, has gone into making these sunglasses so they're, they're looking at ways of using using the plastic um, it's a really interesting project there and then you, you kind of go to, to last mile health who are, are looking at, at um, embedding community health workers um, in rural communities across Liberia and the idea for our funding was to take that to scale and then launch in in Malawi and Ethiopia and I don't know how much you know about your geography and and what goes on in public health but Liberia was witnessed a horrific outbreak of Ebola in in 2014-15 so have this incredible depth of knowledge around the importance of community health but also pandemics um and and these you know obviously ebola is 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 um hugely transmissible so they have this incredible experience so when covid hit you know who do you turn to you turn to organizations that that have the expertise so countries like malawi were were really starting to look at last mile health much quicker than than maybe they they'd anticipated and our funding helped them um, move to scale on that so really really exciting interesting project that i'll the final one i'll just mention um, world mosquito project is having huge impact in the reduction of dengue fever you know in around the world but they're you know really seeing a, a really um high change and impact in in um in indonesia so you know we're getting to work on on really high level really interesting as far as i'm concerned really interesting projects and actually starting to see the impact of the funding um, in that way so it's, it's a very interesting and insightful project and actually unknowingly the the way that we we're a very very small team we're very lean you know there's two of us in EMEA um, for example um, but as a global team what we learned from how we work together globally um, during the 50th anniversary award award stood us in really good stead when COVID hit and we we were gifted the the extra 20 million because we went straight into action saying we know how to to work together as a global team you know and if you think about time zones and um, responsibilities and other work it, it you know it is challenging when you know my boss uh, has just got on maternity leave actually and she sits in Sydney my new boss is now in New York so you know you've got a whole challenge of time zones there so Again, I could go on for hours, but I'll pause there. Yeah, um, I think the that award was a really good initiative. I'm, I'm sure all um, a thousand applicants were very deserving of the award. And of, of the five that um, Macquarie chose, um, what were you guys looking for when you were deciding the five you're going to choose? And um, how are the five getting on now? So, um, we were looking for organizations that took, took, were taking projects to scale. And as we said, big bets, you know, um, we really want to see the outcomes at the end of five years, either to end a project or to see it um, certainly. Uh, so the, you know, the, the scabies project, for example, is, is about, um, you know, eradicating scabies from the, the Solomon Islands and Fiji. So that, you know, the aim is that by five years that would have happened. Um, I don't think we'll, we'll have cleared the oceans um, of plastic by that point, but, but they will be well on their way to taking the project to scale. And I think our funding is sort of catalytic in that sense that funders are seeing that Macquarie is coming on board so excuse the pun um so that other other funders will, will come along too and as I said they're all tracking extremely well and we've got um even despite um Covid we, we've had some uh, you know we have regular 
contact touch points with them. I think all of us in, in the team that are working on this project are keen to get out to, to go see them at the sort of two year mark if we're able to travel to really, you know, note the, the impact of our funding. So yeah, all going really, really well. That's fantastic to hear. Um, it, it's nice to know that um, all the funding is going to things that's actually better in the world. Um, I, when I was younger, I've, I've um, always wanted to start my own charity. And then when, when I joined LTSB, it kind of like reinforced that even more just to see what actually goes into um, having a successful charity and using it to um, better the lives of people. Because just a, a, a little backstory. Mm, I would, tell me, what, 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 what would the charity be? Sorry, say that again, sorry? What would the charity, what would you do? Well, me personally, I wanted it to be centered around children. Mm -hmm. helping children from like disadvantaged backgrounds or um was it in the best financial circumstances just to give them give them a shot at life I guess mm -hmm. yeah so, so that they, they can all have a, a fair shot at um being wherever it is that they wanted to be um and I know with um LTSB from just seeing the work that they do it was interesting it was interesting to see the work that you have to put in um the to be successful, to be a successful charity and to, and to help people and to and to um, develop great partnerships such as the one they have with Macquarie. Um, yeah, so it, it really like motivated me to hopefully one day start my own charity and to um, strike up partnerships such as with yourselves and Macquarie to, you know, leave my my own stamp once yeah. I'm longer here. Important to, to think about your own personal legacy I think that's really important and I really like what you said about giving people you know an equal chance um we've just gone through a strategic review of, of our grant making and, and we'll be moving much more towards funding organizations um to support people to uh, achieve their social mobility app um, aspirations through employment predominantly so offering training reskilling opportunities um but we we thought about what our vision is and, and we we, we select, you know, and this is again for the Emir region, but I think I think my colleagues around the world would agree that, you know, our vision really is to it through our grant making to create a world where we all have equitable opportunities to achieve the life we aspire to. Um, and I think that's that's really I think that's really powerful. We were talking about it today. I was talking about it with it with another colleague today, because this isn't just about getting people into you know, jobs in financial services or technology. It's it's what what you want to do. What are you, you know, what are you aspiring to do and how can we help you get there? Um, I'd also say that, you know, Macquarie's mission or vision, you know, the business, the corporate vision is to empower people to innovate and invest for a better future. So I think you've got these two kind of things at play here. Our vision for our grant making and our vision for, for us as a business play very nicely together. And I think, you know, people having vision like you, um, uh, you know, helping others to, to really have an equitable chance is really important. Um, and certainly to remind businesses like ours um, of how to do that. Um, so let's talk after this separately. Yeah. I'd be very interested. Um, I've been doing a bit of just background of research on you Rachel oh just, no oh dear just to get a nice idea of who you are and I've noticed that um you was a founding member of the Pride Macquarie Regional Steering Group yeah that's right yeah happy pride everybody <laughs> yes happy pride and um you can you continue to sit on the steering committee and I've recently begun a reverse mentoring role mm -hmm. with the executive with with an executive committee member so I wanted my question for you was 
what would you say is the proudest moment of your career or the highlight of your career today? Oh, and it's, so it's so difficult. Um, highlight of my career. I think that um, th there's a lot, right? And it, it genuinely is hard to, to kind of pick out one. I, I love my work, right? I get, I think I, get, I have the best job at the firm. Um, I'm very passionate about, about social impact and engaging business to do the right thing, to be in the community, to, to take a responsibility and to have the best impact that it can. Um, and so sort of my career has, has seen me through that. I, I, I got to, I've, I've kind of had two careers. One, I started my career in, in the theatre. So I was sort of trained in arts management and administration. I loved it, absolutely loved it. So my kind of career highlight when I was in the theatre um, I suppose was was as a stage manager um, on on a show called Oh What a Lovely War and and just having the best time um, uh, doing that um, uh, and and really you know being creative and, and getting out but it wasn't it wasn't the kind of job that I was ever going to sort of stay in because I I'm very I like routine and uh, and careers in the theatre don't necessarily give you a lot of routine and and um, and so I, I I go to the theatre a lot now, um, but I, I don't I chose to walk away from a career in it a long time ago, um, so that I suppose that was my most exciting time uh, in terms of a different career um, a long time ago. I another really exciting moment was I got to to move to South Africa for a year. Um, wow. I hit I hit an age milestone a long time ago, and I felt. I'd never worked abroad um, and I thought that I, you know, I, I had the opportunity to, and I, I say I had the opportunity, I found the opportunity. I, I used my, uh, my own, um, I suppose, smarts and I just wrote to loads of nonprofits in, in Cape Town, which is where I knew I wanted to go. I didn't want to go backpacking or anything like that. Mm. And um, I ended up hearing back from one of them at a time that they were growing as an organization and I originally said that I would go and volunteer if they would pay for my plane ticket and help me sort out my visa um because it was pretty difficult to get out there uh, mm. which they said they would and then when I arrived um uh, I was lucky enough to be able to stay with a friend so I didn't have to pay for accommodation but I didn't have a car and you kind of need a car to get around or you certainly did then um but when I arrived, they said, look, we found a bit of money and we are going to be able to pay you. Not very much, but we're going to be able to pay you instead of um, just just being a volunteer for the next year, which, you know, I'd saved a lot of money and I would really worked hard. I was doing a couple of jobs. And um, that for me was just re a real kind of, I suppose, proud moment in that I'd um, uh, I'd really kind of planned everything and pushed myself well out of my comfort zone. Um so yeah, my, my year in South Africa was was really exciting. And then I, I think Macquarie, I've got two. One is is the 50th anniversary award. That that for me was a real game changer and a, as I said, a real experience, particularly getting to go to Liberia and to India and to meet meet some fascinating and, and inspiring people. Um and then and then the final kind of proudest thing is is really our work in Islington, actually. Um so we have uh, have been supporting Islington Giving for for nearly eight years, and um, that that program was designed and and developed in partnership with Islington Giving. But but it really was something that I I felt quite strongly about and really encouraged the organisation to to take quite seriously. In that our building physically, the building that you've been into at all those events. Yeah. Um, 
is in the London Borough of Islington. It's not in the, the city of London, as, as lots of people think. So, and, and Islington has some huge issues of, of child poverty and um, isolation, um, a, a lack of green space. So there's, there's lots of need um, in the borough. Uh, and, you know, I felt quite strongly that, that as a corporate that was in the borough, um, we should be supporting the communities in which we live and work. So we really built a, a brilliant programme of, of work with thousands of employees going out and supporting hundreds of, of non-profits um, in, in, the, in the borough over, over eight years. So I'm very proud of that. Uh, and that project still continues. That's amazing. I'd love to volunteer in a different country, especially South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was, I mean, I wish I could have stayed longer. I, I really do. And I, I miss it. I miss it very much, I have to say. Would you ever consider um, going back or doing something similar again? Um, I mean, I have been back for sure. Um, I think being able to now do projects um, in, you know, Last My Health and, and working in Africa more broadly for me, ticks a lot of boxes personally. So, you know, you never say never. Who knows what might happen? Never know. Um... What would Rachel of today, what advice would she give her younger self? Sure. What advice would you give my younger self? Um, I think I was always, you know, if I think back to my school reports, it was always, you know, uh, Rachel needs to slow down um, and not rush everything. And, and I never really understood what that meant. Mm -hmm. um, I think I do now. And I, whilst I, you can hear I've got a lot of energy and I get very excited and um, uh, I'm very passionate. I think I've also got, I've learned mechanisms to, to make sure that I'm looking at the whole picture, um, that I'm taking my time to make decisions um, and not rushing everything. So I think, you know, trying to teach myself what that, that don't rush means um, uh, a bit more. Um, another advice would I give my younger self? See if you can get a longer visa to stay in South Africa. <laughs> I was having a great time. I just had to leave um, and ask more questions. You know, people, I love hearing about people. And, and I think back then I wasn't shy. I mean, um, I don't think anybody would ever class me as being shy. Um, but, you know, I think asking more questions, learning a bit more about people and their backgrounds. Um, I, I'd probably, probably share that with my younger self. It's a good question. I like that one. Yeah, I think... I agree with everything you said. Um, I'm fairly young, but I would tell my even younger self. Yeah. That there was a period in my life where I was just saying yes to everything. I think right. I think um, when you're young, to have as much experience as possible in different things mm -hmm. gives you the best chance of finding out what, what you really like. Um, yeah. When, when I went to, to university, so I went to university and I studied mechanical engineering. Mm -hmm. But then I dropped out and then stumbled across LTSB. Then now I've got a well, it's still early, but I think I think I've had a somewhat successful career in finance. Nice. And um, yeah, that's that's because I was always saying yes to everything and just just being open. So I definitely agree with what you said. But um, just be open and um, yeah, dip your toe in 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 different ponds. Absolutely, I think that's really really sound and sage advice. And obviously, you've reaped the benefits of that. Definitely, definitely. Um, and my bonus question for you today is... Oh, there's a bonus. It's always a bonus question. What does leadership mean to you? Oh, what does 
leadership mean to me? I think um, I think what I've learned along the way is is this point around um, you know slowing down and listening, but mm-hmm. you've got to be authentic, right? You know, you can read as many management technique books as you like, go on as a million courses, do your masters in in whatever business management. But I think if you if you can't be yourself and be authentic. Um, people aren't going to necessarily warm to you or respect you. And, and, I, and I've seen that in my own experience. And I think that's one of the reasons I, I really enjoy working at Macquarie is being able to bring my whole self to work. You know, I'm, I'm a gay woman and I've been out since I walked through the doors at Macquarie and um, I felt completely included the whole way through. And um, I've tried to, you mentioned, my, you know, setting up the, the Pride Network and and still sitting on the committee because I think it's really important to be authentic. Um, and and it, I've got an experience, a recent experience where I was asked to go on a panel for Lesbian Visibility Week quite recently. Mm. And I remember thinking, oh, God, I'm so busy. And have I got time? And why do I need to do that? And, you know, everybody knows me. And, yeah, I'm out at work, but whatever. You know, why, why, why do I have to do it sort of thing? But, you know, I said yes. I leaned in. I said yes. And the impact of that has been that... I've had several colleagues uh, come to me separately, privately, telling me that members of their family, uh, their kids are either coming out or transitioning. Um, and did I you know, know anybody that I could um, put them in touch with? Um, I had a colleague um, uh, who said that she's not out at work yet, but she's she's wanting to be. And so she was really great to hear that there was somebody, you know, there was a few of us that were you know, very open and out at work. And so I think, you know, being being authentic um uh, as well as you know understanding that as a leader your shadow does cast a bit a bit wider than 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 younger or more junior members of the team um it, you know everything that you do is going to have an impact so um uh, being your your true authentic self for me is really important having a good good sense of humor um you know i think you know we're all humans i think the one thing that that covid has really enabled us um those of us that have been on zoom and and um you know relentlessly and seeing the washing in the background or or the kids running in or the dog barking or or the you know the uh, the delivery person arriving yeah, you, know, you you sort of walk into other people's lives that you might not in the office. You know, I always find it weird on the Friday when people do dress down, and you think, oh gosh, you're not in a suit anymore. You, you actually you you look like a different person, but actually you're not you're the same person. So I think um, uh, that for me it just shows that you can just bring your whole self, you can be your whole self, and and as a leader, I think that's really important. Um, and then i think there are different styles of leading leadership and, and being okay with that some people there's a big chat at the moment about um you know introverted leadership and and, and those leaders that are being people that are being successful in business are, are introverts and of course um we, we we see that those examples time and again and i think that quiet leadership um taking your time to watch things grow listening and being empathetic um uh, is really important now i say that knowing full well i'm an extreme extrovert in my sort of personality trait so i have to learn how to do that and how to be like that uh, in an authentic and a true true way which which is it's fascinating but um yeah hopefully that answers answers your question for what what leadership means to me what does it mean to you dami yeah um well for me i think leadership is um 
I think practice is what you preach. I think it's mm-hmm. it's a bit about um being able to, of course, lead people and you know um, um facilitate a lot of things, but it's also practicing what you preach. Um, yeah, yeah. I think leading from the front is is very important when you can practice what you preach. It's yeah. not just you know, telling people to do X, Y, and Z. I think you should be able to do X, Y, and Z as well. Sure. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. I definitely think, yeah, it's being bold enough to make certain decisions that may not, that people may not, not not everybody will agree with, but um, making the the decision in the best interest of of everybody. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, when um, CEOs and et cetera make decisions, not everyone in the company agrees with it, but it's being, you know, strong enough to deal with the fact that you know you're going to have some people that won't necessarily agree and being able to, to deal with with any and everybody I think it's been flexible as well um, I agree yeah because when you're um, a leader you're at a high position so yeah so th- there's times where you know you're going to be bent one way and another and, and it's about n- never breaking never folding mm-hmm. I definitely think that there's a lot of traits um, when it comes to being the leader um, I think I think leaders are created in a sense. I think everybody, if they if they work hard enough, they can become a very good leader. Um, but it just depends on what type of leader you, you want to be, because there's loads of great leaders, but they're probably all different in their own individual way. And it's yeah. about finding what way works best for you. Inspiring. Yeah. I completely agree with all that. I really do. And I think it's up to you to find your style, right? there's yeah. no right or wrong you know what you know back in the day you were told you know being being alpha and you know really extrovert that's going to get you to the front that's going to make you succeed that's going to give be you're going to be the best leader and I think we've evidence that that just isn't the case anymore I still think there's space for people that that have those character traits but I think understanding much more the um the quieter leadership and and um is really important important as well and I I like that point about flexibility and walking the talk you know um but but I think also being being vulnerable as well you know I've certainly seen colleagues in in most way more senior than me who are you know talking about LGBTQ plus topics where they're really they they feel very very uncomfortable and they're the the people that I respect the most the ones that put their hands up and say I don't know enough about this can you help me I want to learn I want to get this right um I've read watched or whatever x y and z but i want to know more can you can you help me you know educate myself and i think that that vulnerability where people say i'm not perfect um but i want to i want to do better is really important and i think leaders sort of you know being being authentic in that in that way is really important yeah i i definitely agree i definitely agree um well thank you for your time today rachel pleasure Um, i hope all the viewers and listeners um, really take a lot from our conversation we had today. A lot of great, great points that um, information that you shared with us today. Thank you. And yes, that is all we have today on um, today's episode of the Leaders Talk podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thanks so much, Dami. It was really nice to. I hope we get to meet in person one day. Definitely, I hope so too. Alrighty, take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye.